One secret operation. Six Indians shocked the world and made India proud. We are the SpyFi Guys, and this is Parmanu. Welcome to the SpyFi Guys, where we cover spy fact, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Zach. And I'm Christian. And today, we decided to mix things up a little bit and do our first Bollywood movie. And I think our first movie that's primarily in a foreign language, too. Yep. Or non-English language. So today, our movie is Parmanu, the story of Pakran, made in India with Indian actors in 2018. I've never heard of this movie. It's on Netflix. Primarily takes place in 1998. I was alive during the time, but I was a bit too young to remember any of this. Do you remember any of this? Nope. I definitely was too young to be paying attention to things. So 1998 was around the time of the Kosovo intervention mm. under Bill Clinton. And I remember that, but I, I did not remember I recall this. the words, but I did not remember it like, you know, at that time. All right, so let's uh, jump in. And here's the synopsis from IMDb. Ashwat Raina and his teammates arrive in Pokhran to reconduct a confidential nuclear test where they face challenges from the American across satellite and local spies. And just to preface this, apologies if we mispronounce some of these names, because uh, neither Zach nor I are Indian and uh, may not pronounce the names correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something else I wanted to add is that from this point forward until we get to Spy Fact versus Fiction, the only thing that any of us know about the events that took place in India in 1998 comes from the movie itself. So if we get something wrong, don't talk to us. Talk to the people who made the movie. But there's a <laughs> lot to get into, so let's mm -hmm. jump right in, shall we? Yeah, so first, this starts off with a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing that you usually see, like in American movies, you see this at the end credits, the, you know, all persons are fictitious, etc. Which they have at the end of like every movie, even if it's based on a true story. I don't understand why they did it, because it clearly is based on a true story. Mm -hmm. The characters are fictional. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions. All right. It just struck me as interesting. And I may, maybe they just do that. I don't, I'm not that familiar with Bollywood or Indian movies. I think the only other one I've seen besides this is Bride and Prejudice. Okay. <laughs> so maybe this is just the standard for Indian movies. So I don't know. We can, we can ask some of our Indian listeners if we have any. I also think the fact that this happened relatively recently, at least compared to things in World War II, a lot of it probably still isn't declassified. And they probably so didn't might... want to get anybody in trouble by mm -hmm. making a movie. So they just put it out right out there that we're going to say it's fictional and then move on. <laughs> we also get a disclaimer that about actual footage used. And so when we first see this, I thought it was just going to be Chinese test footage that they show. But apparently, well, there's a lot of other footage, including newscasts that they use of real events. They say it's inspired by a true story. No need to go over that again. But then we get a Star Wars style, Conan the Barbarian <laughs> style text crawl to establish the background. Yeah. Did you write any of that down? I did not. Yeah, I hit the highlights. They said it's okay. 1995. Right. India has no allies. They're, they're facing a Pakistan-America-Chinese alliance, forcing them to sign one-sided treaties. Things look grim. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the one-sided treaties, jumping ahead to a little bit of spy facts versus fiction, I think refers to the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. Indian leadership kind of have a bug up their butt about that, but we'll, we'll talk about it in the future. Just remember the one-sided treaty. Mm-hmm. 
Well, as I mentioned earlier, this is where we get the uh, Chinese test footage of nuclear bombs going off. Mm-hmm. And we get a news broadcast. And actually, I don't remember what was in this first news broadcast. Do you remember? They were just saying China did something like 40 tests. Uh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So now we go to a scene in the prime minister's office where the Indian government officials are discussing how to respond to this test with some jokes. Or at least they seem like jokes. Yeah. Oh, well, no, actually, uh, well, I think they're serious. Yeah, but I think I, it, for as a movie, it's a joke. Yeah, like yeah. It's supposed to be funny for the audience. Yeah. I wish I'd written these down, actually, what the different things they were going to do, like, to retaliate. One guy said, let's not send our badminton team to the championship. right. <laughs> and then another guy said, let's boycott Chinese food, which is, like, it's pretty funny. But yeah. I love Chinese food, so I can't mm-hmm. imagine doing that. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we first meet Ashwat Raina. Mm-hmm. And he says, we need India to become an, a nuclear superpower. Yep. And they discussed, we did a test in 1974, so why do we need to do it again? Right. He says something about, there's a car in a garage, but you need to know if the car still works. <laughs> and then he goes into this speech with like a spotlight on him. Very fancy looking presentation, <laughs> flags and bombs mm-hmm. and going off in the background. And he's making this big speech, and then there's a knock on the door, and it all, like, fades away, and it's the mm-hmm. guy who's bringing tea. Yeah, clearly they're not taking him seriously. They laugh at him. When he provides them with a floppy disk, one of those old floppy disks <laughs> from the 90s, with his plan, they use it as a coaster. Uh. So, so, by the way, something I noticed immediately, and is this yeah. true in the other Bollywood movies you've seen where they'll just suddenly switch to speaking English? Because the only other Bollywood movie, and I think it's a, it was a co-production was Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice, which is a update of Pride and Prejudice, but it's set in India. But they were American characters, so they did speak English. Oh, they just spoke English the whole time? Actually, I don't remember if it was both, but I know okay. that they did speak English in parts. Yeah, so like when you said it's time for him to become a nuclear mm-hmm. state, he says that in English, in English for yeah. no apparent but reason. I think that also could just be because their colonization by the British, some English vernacular is just in their in their lexicon, just like for example, I'm Filipino, and my relatives will speak, it's called Taglish, where it's, they'll be speaking Tagalog, and then all of a sudden they'll just switch to English for certain words or phrases, and then back to ta- Tagalog. I see. Yeah. I see. After the meeting, Aswat meets with, well, actually, we don't, don't know who this guy is. I don't he's, know this guy's an, name. He's an aide to the prime minister, and mm-hmm. he's asked to prepare a brief report. Yep. He goes to meet his family, his really cute kid, and his hot wife. And they talk a little bit about what's going on. He explained that he has father issues where his father was a big hero. Which reminded me of Munich. Yeah, I could totally see that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so he completes his report and gives it to the aide to the prime minister. Mm -hmm. And he's expecting he's going to go inside to the meeting. He's going to put in charge of everything. But no, he has to wait outside. Yep. Kind of makes sense, I suppose. It does. But of course... We'll find out later why it didn't work mm-hmm. out. Later on, I think, I'm not sure if it's the same day. I, I think it is the same day. So he's in the canteen, and he overhears other people talking about the nuclear plan. And the aide took all the credit for the plan. Uh, They're like, yeah, it's this guy's plan, and it's going to work. But the thing <laughs> is, it doesn't work. No, nope, they get caught by the U.S. and are cautioned by then-President Clinton that they shouldn't be t- doing these tests. 
So not only are they caught, but they are humiliated in front of the mm. entire world with a mm-hmm. newspaper headline from something like a Superman cartoon, where it's like <laughs> India caught by the hand in the cookie jar. I expected it to like spin before it appeared on the camera. Mm-hmm. There's a quote from that same aide, I think. He says, mm-hmm. we will soon find out who is behind this hullabaloo. Because of all this, Aswat gets the blame and he is mm. suspended, which means fired. Right. And so he even has the whole cardboard box with, you know, all of his belongings. He has to take it outside. He has to turn in his badge. All with this sad Bollywood music being played over so, it. What did you th- so my wife was disappointed that this wasn't a full-on Bollywood production with them singing and dancing. Me too. But I will say I like the music. Yeah, the music's like the best part. Well, not the best, but it was good. <laughs> it was really good. I, yeah, yeah, I liked it. And so he's at home. Assume these are his in-laws because we yep. don't we don't really necessarily know what happened to his parents. Well, aside from his father, who we, presumably died. Yeah, I guess so. But they don't um, appear in the movie, so yeah. I think I think the wife at one point calls the dad Papa. So the that, that's in-laws. why I, I, that's why I assumed that that's you know his in-laws. Um, mm-hmm. So they're packing, talking about him, and you know, why doesn't he just get another job? And you know. It's funny because they're talking all the smack about him and she's like, shh, be quiet, he'll hear you when he's like, when he's like right there. He's like a foot away (laughs) in another room and there's a window which has no glass. So it's just like they can literally, he can literally hear them. If they turn their heads to the right, they would see him standing (laughs) right there. But yeah, so they're packing up their house and moving to a new area Uh and it's three years later. We jump from 1995 to 1998. Yeah, and Aswat's wife, she works in an observatory. So I, I don't think we really find out what she do, does until later, but she is an astrophysicist. So she's really smart. Right. So both of them are, like, brilliant. And so they're, that's a lot of that lit up live up to for their kid. <laughs> no wonder they're pushing their kid into science, which mm-hmm. they talk about. Yeah. But then that's also why she wasn't especially concerned about him getting a job. Mm, At right. least not right away. Yeah. He's teaching part-time helping people pass the uh, civil service exam. Yes. And their classroom is outside, mm-hmm. where it's like open air, which I thought was pretty cool. And his students all have this terrible attitude about, oh, I just want to pass the exam, get a cushy job, and that's all I care about. And he lectures them, and he's like, being a civil servant is more than that. And we get yeah. insight into Ashrat's character, where he's like a patriot. He's a patriot, yeah. Big time, big time, mm-hmm. yes. But unfortunately, the next scene is the tension behind that, where his yeah. wife and him have a pretty drawn-out argument. Apparently their savings are almost gone, and also because he was teaching so late, he didn't help his kid with his science project, mm-hmm. and you know the wife's telling him that you know he needs to get a permanent job. So I hate this in movies. We may have already talked about it, but mm-hmm. like the nagging wife stereotype. But in this case, I, t- I can see it. I can see her side. Well, the it's nagging, been three years. The nagging white wives are always correct, but it doesn't mean <laughs> that we like them. So, like, the classic example is Skylar from Breaking Bad. I'm sure no. you're familiar with this phenomenon. Do you not no, watch Breaking actually, Bad? I've never seen Breaking Bad. I think we've said that in a previous podcast. Yeah, we, sorry. Okay, sorry. But, in summary, the fan base really didn't like Skylar because she was always telling Walter White not to be a drug-dealing, murdering kingpin. Like, can you believe that? Seems like sound advice. (laughs) Of course it's sound advice. But as viewers, we want to see our hero do cool stuff, be in a TV show, push the plot of the story forward. All right, all right. Well, anyways, to move this (laughs) along, 
Okay. We have a new prime minister coming into mm-hmm. power. Yep. Rather than the old aide, now we have this new guy who is the principal secretary to the prime minister. I didn't catch his name, unfortunately. So I'm just going to refer to him as the secretary, which also makes it sound more like Mission Impossible. The secretary or the government guy. Yeah. yeah. You do what you got to do. A lot of these people have really long names. He wants to restart. Well, actually, first, so we, we see the secretary coming into his office. And there's all these people with flowers to give to him, trying to suck up to him. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and so he wants to restart the nuclear program. Yes. Pakistan just launched some new missile. He's like, we got to do this. Does anyone remember 1995? And everyone kind of looks, what? But, and they like, all right, anyone who doesn't remember, leave this room. All right. Just like everybody. <laughs> and they say, wait, no, not you. Okay, now you can leave. <laughs> But it's an indication that things are started. So meanwhile, Ashwat is reading an English newspaper, which contains news, but then he looks for job applications also in English. (laughs) Whatever. He later gets an offer to be an engineering faculty at the Delhi Open University. Mm-hmm. University. When I say university. (laughs) Yeah, university. He arrives there and he meets the secretary there. Well, first of all, before he gets in, there are guards outside with guns. I was wondering, is that a standard procedure for a university? Maybe in India it is. Maybe. So I don't know. He didn't seem surprised by it, so I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no job offer. He's there, and he wants to talk about the 95, the plan from 95. Yes. And we find out that the secretary actually served under Aswat's father. Mm -hmm. The secretary wants to know everything about the plan. He's like, I gave you a disc. And he's like, yeah, it was encrypted, was it? No one tried to <laughs> break the encryption. I guess it makes sense. I think if you sent something with your social security number, you email it to the person, then you send another email that's like, here's the password, right? And so we do. On the other hand, no one asked him for it either. Yeah, that's true. But it's yeah, just kind of funny. They just took like, it and use it as coast. Yeah. So it's not like they re- it didn't seem like they really wanted to find out. No, they didn't. And this is what we, where we find out the reason that the 95 plan failed. So there's two parts to it. First, you have, or three, there was three parts to it. Mm-hmm. What were the first two? Actually, I don't remember the first Okay, so we have the scientists and the engineers building That's the bombs. Right. Yeah. And then we have the army assembling and placing and detonating the bombs. But the but third this part time, of the plan, which yes. was in his report, but of course no one read it, was mm-hmm. you have to have secrecy. Right. So you get the intelligence agencies involved. Or mm-hmm. you get, actually, the ISA, the uh, India Space Agency. That's correct, because the India Space Agency can help them avoid U.S. satellites. Yeah, so there are a number of, they're called lacrosse satellites, which are keeping mm-hmm. an eye on them. He explains the plan. He sort of wiffle waffles about whether he actually wants to join. Ashwat mm-hmm. does. But eventually he agrees. But he says, this is not a job that can be done by myself. So he needs, needs to put crew. a team together. Yeah, he needs to put the band back together. <laughs> We get this montage of him like researching different scientists or different people, ripping pages out of library books. Yep. And then he goes off traveling. And this is my question. What did he tell his wife? What does she think he's doing this whole time? I think he told her that he got a job at the Delhi Open University, which is in another town. All right, because I forget where they're now, but they're not in Delhi anymore. That's right. A lot of location names come pretty fast and furious. But they live far enough away that they can't just drop in to see him anytime they feel like it, in other words. Yeah. And so as he's, you know, going around research, there's a scene where his in-laws are there watching a movie with his son. 
about mm -hmm. Lord Krishna and the story of the Pandavas. Did you do any research into this? I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh, no, I just took the movie's word for it that it was yeah. all accurate. Yeah, no, and it's pretty accurate. So there are like five brothers. They're all the sons of Pandu is what it's, it says on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And they all fought together in one great wars and they each had like a specialty. Yeah. And, and so he gets inspired by this to form his plan of how everything's going to work. Each uh, member of the team is going to be the only representative from each of their organizations. They're the only ones from each organization who will know what the plan is. Right. And so there'll be one point of contact from BARC, which I really should have written out what these uh, acronyms meant. Maybe I have it. The BARC basically, though, is they do nuclear. Okay. Oh, here uh, we are. The Babha Atomic Research Center. Thank you. DRDO. Do you have that? No, I don't. I think it's more science and engineering. Yeah. I mean, I didn't write down any of these people's names or their organizations. All right. DRDO is the Defense Research and Development Organization, the Indian Army, Indian Space Agency, and the Intelligence Bureau of India, or IB. Yep. So there's the young guy, the old guy, the guy with the mustache. Who's the army guy. Yeah, the army beard major. guy and the girl who is really attractive. Oh <laughs> the my guy goodness. with the beard is from uh, ISA, I think. Yes, he is. Yes. So I liked how they have a montage of all of these different people. And then Ashwat first suggests someone from a different agency. I think it was RAW, mm -hmm. which apparently, I looked this up, RAW is their internal intelligence. Oh, no, their foreign intelligence. And mm -hmm. IB is their internal intelligence. Which, of course, is what they need if they're worried about foreign spies finding out what they're going to do. Yeah. And so this montage, was, he says, RAW flies under the radar of CIA. I don't want to expose them. So instead, we're going to take some from IB. We have the perfect recruit. And so you see this, this guy and this girl fighting, like trip, sparring with each other. But you see the guy first, you assume it's going to be the guy. And then right. the girl beats him up and throws him. And yeah, this is great. Yeah. So She's I like that. It was, so a, it was a nice reveal. <laughs> So they all get different aliases. So they're all assigned a different member of the Pandavas. But the only one that stood out to me was Nikul, which is the girl. Yeah, it's because it's short. Yeah. Well, isn't Ashwat named Krishna? Krishna? Yes, yeah. that was the other one thing I remembered. But we know him. Yeah. We're not being introduced to him. Yeah. So they all get together, and then there's more talk about his father. His father <laughs> yeah. comes up again. So he meets the IB agent first, uh, Nikul. She organizes all their aliases and travel documents, and they all have to travel separately. And then while they're together in the secretary's house, she notices a photo of a young guy in a uniform, and there's a medal there. And apparently the secretary's son died a martyr. Yes. And I think maybe Ashrat's father did as well. That's, it it seems like that. Coming yeah. back. <clears throat> so there's that sort of yeah. bond between them with that. So they all get to Pakran, which is where the test site is. This scene was very Bollywood. You got the music, <laughs> you get the scenery, you get the people and their brightly colored clothing. Mm -hmm. Apparently they've set up their headquarters in Fort Pakran. He sees Nicole outside and he's trying to get in. The guards aren't letting him in. And so he waves to her and, the, and she lets him in. Apparently yep. they're securing the fort and the rest of the team is there. Yes. So they get to work. There's a joke with a fax machine <laughs> where the space guy can't get it to work. And then the young guy plugs it in. So it works. Mm -hmm. And so they have to test six bombs in the next 30 days in secret. That's correct. So there are three shafts that were already dug, but they're filled with water. 
and they don't have enough time to dig three more new shafts, there are three dry wells that will serve as the other three shafts. A little questionable, but they're the professionals, so Mm -hmm. okay. As they're talking about this, they have this nice model set up, which I liked. Yeah, it's like top secret from last time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone's going to wear uniforms, army uniforms, to keep under the radar. They're only Mm -hmm. using their code names, and of course the old guy does not remember his. He's like, I'm uh, the one with the arrows, that guy. Yeah, damn it, Jim, I'm a scientist, not a spy. Stop asking me to remember this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Nakul also says every day there's a code phrase. That they need to get into inside. They don't sound like code phrases. Uh, I wish I had written some of these down. Do you have any other written down? Well, I have the first one, which is embrace me for the night is short or something, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Christian has got to like this. He loves those spy code phrases. I did. I did like them. As they're getting their uniform, we find out that Ashwat couldn't join the army like his father did because he has flat feet. Some team members are complaining about wearing uniforms. Oh, it's too hot. Or, oh, this doesn't flatter me. The army major sets them all straight. (laughs) Another thing about patriotism. Mm -hmm. You know, fair enough. Before that, though, we get one, the younger one, is complaining that this doesn't seem right. You have major epaulets, and I'm only like a commander or something. Army guy's like, I'm actually a major. That's my rank, and respect the uniform. Yeah, it's like, what's his problem? Being a, I think he said he was a captain. Yeah. Or even a colonel. Whatever rank is still pretty cool, considering you are not in the military. Mm. So but, put your yeah. They're leaving uh, where the uniforms are stored. They get the nice slow motion walk. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. With the sunglasses on, it was great. <laughs> and then this is the first time we hear this nationalist patriotic song, <laughs> which is really catchy, but it's out of my head right now how it goes. Yeah. And so they drive into the test site and they make Nakul say the code phrase because it's funny because she's a woman and she has to tell someone else about long, you know, embrace long me night and embracing yeah. and like, oh. But it's like, hey, who's the one who came up with that? I'm True. pretty sure she did. <laughs> True, but, they, you know, she gets a little embarrassed and then. Mm-hmm. So and she kind of laughs it off. Yeah. She's like, whatever. But they're starting inspecting the blast range. They go down one of the shafts and see that you know some of the the shielding is rusted over, and then we cut to Washington D.C. Yeah, USA, nice, baby. Nice stock footage of the Capitol, and then we see what's what's called the National Imagery Mapping Agency. Mm-hmm. But that's Langley, isn't it? Uh, the building. It looked like Langley. I don't know what the building looks like. Uh, well, from what I've seen in movies and other stuff, it looked like Langley. Yeah, it could be because it's a foreign movie and they don't know all the intricate bureaucratic yeah. differences between all of these various things. Also, what caught my eye is that like the room where we see the uh, image analyst working looks very like Mission Control from NASA. Yeah, it does. I also thought of that. Which I feel like, at least in other movies I've seen, usually they're just in cubicles. Mm-hmm. And not this whole very, like ramp sort of style going down like mission control with with different stations it's probably not as that fancy well this whole movie is very stylized right yeah, that's true. the indian bunker where they do most of their work is very clean <laughs> it looks kind of <laughs> like something out of star trek where a lot of flashing lights so it makes sense that the u.s would do the same okay. or they would have the same for a scene in the u.s but yeah so we have our one uh, image analyst who's uh, monitoring pokron the satellite passes over he looks at the photo Nothing mm-hmm. new. Writes down in his logbook, all okay. Did you like how there's U.S. flags everywhere? <laughs> I did. I mean, but I feel like that's probably true. Well, but, maybe it post 9-11, sure, but this is still 1998. Oh, that's true. 
I also appreciate that not only was there the flag, but there was also a sticker on his monitor. With an yeah, flag. Just, just so you know where we are. <laughs> they all start moving. They bring in equipment. They start pumping out the water. I they love that. some wiring. It was very cool. Very efficiently done and organized. Well, I really like the part where it shows the trucks and then Ashrod is like, go, and it shows all these soldiers like run from one side of the camera <laughs> to the other. I love it when movies do that. Do you remember how in Valkyrie I loved it when mm-hmm. it showed the soldiers running past mm-hmm. the camera? Yeah. Mm, yeah. That never gets old. Yeah. But apparently the water's not moving very you know fast, so they need to bring in more powerful pumps. And mm-hmm. at three hours and 30 minutes, um, the uh, ISA... I was going to say agent, but he's not an agent. The, uh, the IC employee hits the clock on the wall and sets it for a 60-minute timer. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, at two hours and 30 minutes, he does that. Apparently, it takes him an hour to clean up everything. Yes. All the water's leaking out. And so what they do to cover this up is they have a sign mm-hmm. that got knocked over that says water supply training. In English, which is mm-hmm. very helpful. <laughs> and, and I like this thing cover, to cover up the tracks and the footprints. They have like this sharp with some weight on it dragging mm-hmm. behind the truck so that as they go past everything is swept clear isn't that like from a western or something where the guy will be walking and he'll have like a broom behind him so mm-hmm. that they can't track him i mean i've seen that in cartoons yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well they got it from somewhere and the troops all head to their bunkers lights out everywhere and mm-hmm. the satellite comes over puffer on again and the image analysts like hmm it's a lot of water he zooms in he sees a sign on the floor, and that he zoomed and enhanced. <laughs> and and, yeah, and flip the image around because he can't read it upside down. And he's like, ah, "Water supply, all right, all okay." Mm-hmm. So, so this is really like where we get into great. like the spy part of it. Like, and I was like, "That is brilliant. I love that." <laughs> so next we cut to there's two men, one of them white, and one of them you think at first he's Indian, but it found out he's Pakistani. Mm-hmm. They think that the satellites are missing something. So the Indi- Indian guy is uh, ISI, which is uh, Pakistani intelligence. The American guy is CIA. Yep. So they are basically our, the people investigating this. Yeah, they made a connection between the fact that they see the same people in army uniforms at mm-hmm. the fort and then again at Pakhran, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the way they do that is because the Pakistani ISI spy has other spies who work for him. So right, it's kind of right. like that guy with the hood from uh, Star Wars <laughs> sees them going to Docking Bay 94. I was wondering where you were going And tells the stormtroopers where they're going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is going to sound terrible, but oh. this, this guy is like, oh, the no. old, he's like something out of Raiders of the Lost Ark where he's like such a stereotype of like an Indian villager. He's got the mustache. He's got a turban. He's got a camel. Did he have a camel too? I missed that. Yeah, he had a camel oh. with him. So I was like, ooh, I don't think you'd get away with this in an American movie. Maybe not. But yeah, so the team arrives at the safe house. They're going to be picking up the bombs on the 20th of April. Mm-hmm. And, but when they're saying this, the code word for bomb is store. So they say you know, that we're picking up the stores from the storehouse. And one of the guys doesn't get it. Yeah, so they have to hammer it in, which is good for us audiences because in some ways he's our audience surrogate because we're not necessarily going to know what the code phrases are and he's the one who doesn't get it all the time so yeah it's good that he's there for that yeah it makes sense samples of plutonium that they're going to use are about the size of an orange those of you who are up on your mission impossible may remember in mission impossible fallout there's three plutonium cores that are all about that size yeah true true as well as uh the world is not enough when they deal with plutonium 
it's about that size as well. Mm -hmm. So then we get the whole montage of them transporting bombs from, from the RRC to the test site. Yeah. Ah, I meant to look this up. How far is it from Pokhran to Mumbai? Because that's where the um, BARC is. I do not know. <laughs> you know, as I was watching, I was like, wait, they're flying that? Is that safe? But, you know, yes. It's probably safer than driving it in trucks for yeah. a long distance. Mm -hmm. So th this whole transporting scene went on a little longer than I feel like it needed to be. Mm -hmm. If you like montages of trucks driving there around... There are so many montages. This is the movie for you. <laughs> but I did like it, so hey, <laughs> it worked for me. Yep. So the bombs arrived, or the stores, shall we say. Yes. The stores arrived, and Ashwan gets a call from Delhi, and it's a secretary, and he tells him to halt, doesn't tell him why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have in my notes, nice music, because I just like this like, sort of action-oriented music here. It seemed to be some kind of political issue was why... Yeah. So there was trouble in Parliament. There was, going back to Star Wars, there was a vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister. Oh, yeah. So the government might fall apart. Exactly. So they can't go through the, with the test if the Prime Minister is not in power anymore. I don't really understand why they couldn't keep preparing and then just not test. But I don't know. I it's mean, not my call. money. That, that, that's going to be my <laughs> answer. Money. Because if obviously they can't spend money if they have no one who's authorizing it. Mm -hmm. They could get in trouble if he falls apart and then they find out that they've been... If the government falls apart and they find out they've been doing this. So Asma talks with his wife and it's very clear that she doesn't know what he's doing. So you know what this reminded me of was Breach. Mm. Oh, with Eric O'Neill and his... Well, they, they were married already, right? His wife, yes. Yes, where they don't know what's going on and it causes a ridiculous amount of A lot of, of tension, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so... We also have a scene where Aswat's son is going to a school interview, mm -hmm. apparently in Delhi, actually, because his wife wants to see his department at the university. So this is where we find out that, that, he's, that his cover is that he's working at the university. And mm -hmm. he says, no, you know, it'll take a long time for the papers to get back. I'll send them. Don't worry about it. Just go home. He also and gets a call during not a call, the a text message. Uh, yeah, like it, well, his phone goes off and his yeah. wife's like, what's that? And he's like, what? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Yes. But this is 1998, so of course, so yeah, not a lot of people had cell phones, so it, it was mm -hmm. very fancy to have one of those. Actually, only two members of the team had cell phones. It was him and Nakul, right? That's right, that's yeah. right. So he got the text, which has the code for the day. But he's also told, we're back on, but you gotta yeah. hurry now, because time has passed. Be in 10 days. Yes. So in order to accomplish this, he says, we need to work during the day, even though it's more dangerous. And so they're testing apparently three different bombs, mm -hmm. or at least different types. T minus nine days, they're putting in more wiring, they're sealing the shafts. After they're done, they clean up everything. A sandstorm hits. Yep, which is uh, a, a concern. It blows sand off of some things that yeah. re revealing what they're doing. Yeah, so it exposes the wiring, it exposes the coverings for the shafts. Yeah, it's not good. Mm -hmm. And so... They have 15 minutes to fix everything. So there's this really tense scene of them covering up everything, putting everything back. The army major and Aswad are out there. They're mm -hmm. driving back and they get stuck in the sand for oh, a bit. No. They have to go out and push <laughs> it the car. And they drive back just in the nick of time, get inside the bunker. But there's one thing oh, wrong. No. And yeah. I noticed this as soon as they drove in. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, good I for you. It. So their car, the Jeep, is parked in the wrong direction. Uh -huh. And the CIA agent gets uh, 
He somehow the gets the image. Yeah, what yeah. was uh, that, is that's the only time we see him actually looking at the imagery. Usually mm-hmm. it's just the analyst doing it. But the CIA agent who's in Park Run has the imagery, he's looking mm-hmm. at it, and he notices that the Jeep is not only in the wrong direction, but there are no tire tracks around it. He says tracks will remain in the desert for days. But what I'm if there's like, a sandstorm? Right. But it's only been three and a half hours. Yeah, but how how would he know that? Yeah, I know. It's just a little bit of lazy writing, it's, I guess, it's, but it, no, it's awesome. I, mean, I think if you <laughs> dig into the weeds too much with it, it falls apart a little bit, but still, it's a good observation. But he says he can't just take this to his superiors. He needs more proof. He actually runs into two members of the team. It's a, the young guy and... The space guy. No, well, not the space guy. I thought it was it's, the space guy. It's the old guy. Oh, it's, oh, a, okay. it's, a, it's the ISA agent and the old, or not, I keep saying agent, ISA representative and the old guy who keeps forgetting stuff. Okay, so this scene was great because it's ah. an example of elicitation. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm just like, no, never give up information. <laughs> don't volunteer information that you they don't have. But he, the way he asked it was really smart. He was like, when is the fort going to reopen? That doesn't seem like an elicitating question. They, what's their co- their cover is that they're working with the fort? They're renovating it. Uh, okay, okay. I didn't. That wasn't sl- extremely clear to me, but I I kind of got it from context. But I just want to make sure that. Okay, okay, so the CIA agent is like, oh yeah, I think I ran into your boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his name? I was like, no, 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 don't give him a name. <laughs> but they do tell him, right? Well, they give him the code name at least. They give him the code name. Fine. Okay. And then the CIA agent, oh yeah, he was here with his wife, right, and his family. And then they slip up because in Hindi they say Ashwat's wife isn't here, oh. so they get his real name. I thought he was also sowing a little bit of dissension in the ranks because their families aren't allowed to visit no, either. No, no? They, he was he was getting the real name. Okay, that's how they got his real name. Just because he's an American and he was acting like an American tourist, fine. But they assumed that he didn't speak the language, which he does. Well, We've seen him speak it. I do notice, though, that when the Americans in this movie talk, they have a very kind of stilted way of speaking. I have an example later on. Okay. And I looked up a couple of these people on IMDb, and what I found was that they are Americans. Okay. They seem to be making a living being the American guy in Indian movies. Uh, Right. Got it. Okay. Daniel speaks Hindi. Yeah. Fluently. So it makes sense. So there's a joke in the next part where he says, I love spicy food, and then it's smash cuts to him coming out of the toilet looking kind of sick. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but that, that actually got me. I was like, oh. That's, <laughs> this movie um, has it all, I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't know. He meets with the uh, Pakistani ISI agent, so they know all everyone's aliases, but they mm-hmm. only know Aswat's real name, and this is how they got Aswat's real name. Yes. Uh, was like, I was just like <laughs> so mad. Actually, even at that moment, the older guy forgot his alias because he was like the ISA representative, like Shrikisan said his code name, and the older guy like stumbled. Has been established to do that, right? But I'm just like, ah, oh, why? Why? <laughs> Couldn't they have gotten someone else who would remember things? <laughs> but calls his family, mm-hmm. and the CIA and ISI agents are tapping his phone, right. and his wife knows that something up because. And this got me. This is like, oh, this is an operational security failure. Apparently, the university he's supposed to be working for has no engineering department. So, like, they didn't do a very good job coming up with a cover story. No. 
No. Um, I'm not sure whether to blame the secretary or Ashwat for this. No, you should blame the secretary, because if it's going at the highest levels, you'd think they would have covered their tracks a little better. True, true. Because from what I've read about, at least about the CIA, when they, for non-official cover or knock, they set up entire fake companies. Mm-hmm. And also, Ashrod is not a spy, right? He's no, more he's like not, a scientist. Yeah. He, yeah, he is a scientist. So, yeah, uh, it's, it just it seems like a failure in setting up cover for him. The CIA and ISI agents are listening to this and like, mm, we can we can use this. Later on, and they're in the restaurant and they're plotting, all right, expose this to his wife and trick her. We can get her, you know, to reveal more information and figure out what's going on. And I got mad at this part. Oh, you did? I was mad at them because they trick her. They tell her that he's in Pokhran. They say they're from the school that their kid's going to get into and tell his wife that he's in Pokhran. And, and they make her think that he's having an affair. Yep. That may be bad. I'm like, oh, no, no, he's a nice guy. Don't do this to him. Let me pull out that fair playbook and see how ethical this is. Maybe I should have done my research on that. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh... she, she buys it hook, line, and sinker with effectively no evidence. What do you mean no evidence? He's lying about where he is. Uh-huh. He's being suspicious. She knows he's hiding something from him. It was really smart and clever on the part of the agents, but I just hated it because I'm like, oh, no, don't do this to their marriage. Fighting dirty. But I mean, also, in fairness to her, she's probably under a lot of stress at not knowing what he's doing. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's vulnerable which is why, her. like, again, why this is, it was, I don't know if it was the right play, but it was the play. Yep. And it worked well, but I just, it just made me feel really bad for his wife. Yeah, his long-suffering uh, wife. So yeah. they bug a hotel room or a motel room. No, not, not, not any hotel room. They bug Ashwat's hotel room. Okay. Uh, but also there's tension within the team because they're rushing it so much and they need more time is what they're saying. Yep. Uh, later on, Nakul is uh, in the room with Ashwat and they're talking about how there's tension, how everyone's mad at him. And the agents are all listening in. As soon as there's a knock on the door, it's like, oh no, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yup. <laughs> you you saw it's it coming, his, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. It's his wife. Mm-hmm. And of course, the wife comes in and sees him with an attractive woman in the room, assumes mm-hmm. they're having an affair. This is the thing. So, Nakul leaves very awkwardly. Come on, you're the intelligence person. You should have come up with a better cover. Yeah, very awkwardly and abruptly. She mm-hmm. could have been like, hey, we're co-workers I'm talking about yeah, work. Something like that. But she's just so, like, shocked. <laughs> but come on, you're the intelligence person. You should need to be able to think on your feet and react quickly. Come Maybe, up with a cover story. There, when in doubt, there's always writing for making additional drama. But yeah. it really works. That was my and, one criticism of her. She's like, come on, you should have come up with something. But then things only kind of spiral out of control from there. Yeah. So his phone goes off again. She's like, why do you have a phone? You told me you didn't have a phone. Uh, and then as soon as this happens, I, and she, he got the text, I knew. I knew it was going to be one of the code phrases. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was going to be some awkward phrase to sound like between lovers. Some like sexy phrase, yeah. Uh. But then he makes it worse too, because he says you're overreacting. You yeah, never yeah, say no. that to somebody. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But she throws the phone, mm-hmm. and it actually knocks one of the, the portrait on the wall. Is it then or when she slams the door? At some point, the portrait yeah. gets knocked like asunder. Yeah, it's when she slams the door. Okay. Which actually will play a point later. 
Yep. I didn't think you would ever come back to it, but I was like, wow, that's just, <laughs> I thought it was just exclamation point on top of it for emphasis. Yeah, it's like that joke where someone slams a door and then a couple seconds later, a picture falls off <laughs> the wall. During this, he tries to explain to his wife, he says, you know, it's a code phrase, I can't tell you any more than that, but... Mm. That's enough. Yeah, it's enough for the for the ISI agent and the CIA agent. All right, we know the code phrase, we know the time. And so Nakul and Ashwat at the bunker are discussing why his wife was there. Now she's being a good intel person. She's <laughs> like, all right, think about anything they might have given away. Why was she here? How did she, we need to find out how she knew. To find Things don't just happen for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's her doing her job well, unlike the previous scene. Mm-hmm. But they're right about to launch the operation, and we're right about to know, get started again. Yeah. At the same time, we have the the CIA image analyst like about to look on the satellite, mm-hmm. and then the power cuts out. And it doesn't just randomly cut out. They set it up earlier mm-hmm. that the that... generators overload sometimes. Yes, and if they do overload, it'll cause a power failure. So. Lucky. Just in the nick of time, they were so lucky that power went out, because then the satellite comes over, they're like, okay, nothing there. And so Nicole and Ashwat again are talking, and they're outside, and as they're talking, Ashwat sees a satellite above them. Yes. Some satellites you can see from the ground Mm -hmm. at night. So they're like, well, what does this mean? Some of the other team members are like doubting, was it a satellite or was it an airplane? (laughs) Yeah, there's kind of a funny talk where he like shows his hands how they fly. (laughs) But Nakul's like, this is too much of a coincidence. And also the ISA representative is telling them, nope, there's a new, they've passed new satellites. Because it takes them at least an hour to clean up. So there's no way they can go out and do anything without being seen. All hope is not quite lost because the U.S. are arguing as well. The image guy, whose name I forget, says... He's never given a name, but... he's He's like, I didn't see anything. And he says... Take good care of your neck, Daniel. You're on thin ice. <laughs> this is like really weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. Ashwat is calling the secretary, and the secretary tells him to pull the plug, to dismiss all your men. Mm-hmm. As they're about to leave and pack up for everything, they have an outdoor campfire. They're drinking. Everyone else gets to go back to their home, their regular normal lives, except Ashwat. Because apparently his personal and professional lives are both over. Yeah, he doesn't have much of a life to come back to. I think it's the younger member of the team, you know, flat out says, you know, your wife's an astrophysicist. She should have been able to connect it with the fact that you're here with nuclear tests. Mm-hmm. And this is where Nicole gets, says the line, um, or is it, it's not her fault. Sometimes we're so blinded by suspicion, we fail to see what's right in front of us. And then hey. when she says that, it starts Ashwa thinking. Yeah, this is the second time they do that say that again kind of moment in this movie. So what was the first one? When he's watching the one about the uh, the five oh, brothers. The Pandavas, yeah. Yeah. I didn't make that connection, but yeah. <laughs> so he goes to the secretary and says, the plan is to trick the CIA and ISI into thinking that India is going to attack Pakistan over the Kashmir issue. Now, Kashmir was, is a hotly contested region. And it still is. Yeah. And this plan is ridiculous. This is straight out of World War II, Operation Fortitude, mm-hmm. the Normandy landings, where they're tricking them into looking completely somewhere else while this is happening. Yeah, except this time a lot of lives are at stake. True, true. If yeah. they had miscalculated, a war could have started for real. So the plan is they're going to attract all this attention over to Kashmir. Daniels, the CIA agent, is protesting. He's like, no, you're being reassigned. 
You're off the case. <laughs> How many times have we seen this before? Just in the movies that we've covered. Yeah. I feel like if this were an American movie, Daniel would be the hero. This is what got me thinking. Because this movie, they do it really well. But I realize at this point, I'm rooting against America. I want yeah. them to succeed. That's the idea, of course. The yeah. U.S. are the antagonists here. But, you know, we can afford to mix it up a little bit every hour. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying, like, I'm, not, I'm just yeah. saying, like, this is moment I realized that I am fully invested. And I'm like, wow, this is well done. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Nicole reveals that apparently some of the, there are local spies who were onto them, and that's how they found out three days before they want to launch. So that mm-hmm. gives them 24 hours of work. So it's a lot of work, but it can be done. Yeah. And so... Ashwat gives this really big, inspiring, patriotic speech with patriotic music. Camera swirling around his head. And then they go into another montage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of different things happening in this montage. First, mm-hmm. Nakul is taking down that local spy, do a sketch of the... Is she the one doing the sketch? I, 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 yeah, she's the one doing the sketch. So not only is she a brilliant uh, you know, intelligence agent, except in the case where wives are involved, <laughs> yep. but she's also... A, a police sketch uh, artist. A police sketch artist, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. This is why she was the perfect person for the job, apparently. Mm-hmm. As she's doing that, they're preparing the test, getting the bombs ready. They're we putting see the bombs down the shaft. We see, Yeah, we see, actually, <laughs> as we were watching this, my wife was like, the magnets moving inside. I was like, wow, that looks like a thing from the spy museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe it. And yeah, so they seal the shafts with sand. Then we go to our ISI and CIA agents eating at that same restaurant. The ISI agents like, no, we got you, you. You can't just leave me out here in the cold. So he asks the waiter for more onions, and the waiter says, "No, there's no onions. The army took them all." Dun dun dun! What? Apparently, the ISI takes this like, no, the army's taking all, all these onions. <laughs> the point is, apparently, onions absorb radiation. So <laughs> I googled so that, and yes, they do absorb radiation. Okay, and so the, the ISI agent is using this as proof that they're definitely going to do a test. Yes. Okay. Well, so, it, it's a confluence of that. Clarify? You want to yeah. clarify anything about the onion thing? I googled it, and the onions do absorb radiation, but I don't know if they actually took all the onions in the pot. Okay, the, that was less relevant for me than oh, okay. whether it's true that they absorb radiation. Because I've never heard this. I've never heard it either. I mean, I so, don't know whether it's the sort of thing like nuclear radiation. But the short answer is why yes, haven't don't. we stockpiled onions? <laughs> <laughs> why hasn't there been a short of a, of onions every time that we think North Korea is running a nuclear test. <laughs> I guess because people just don't know that. Yeah, well, Indian now deal. we know. So keep your stock of onions, Zach. All right, I'll keep that in mind. The CIA agent says, no, this is not enough for me. I can't take this back. You're on your, all on your own, and mm-hmm. I'm leaving. Yep. We get a short scene of Ashwa talking to his son. Apparently his wife still won't talk to him. Right. With good reason. And as he's going back to his room, the ISI agent is waiting for him in his room, has him at gunpoint. Yes. Yes. And you like this? I did like this. Well, I <laughs> like this first part. So he tricks him because he's like, tell me when the test is. When's, when's the test going to happen? And he's like, you're too late. The test has already happened. See the painting on my wall? It's it's off because the test has already happened. <laughs> and that distract, <laughs> he looks and that distracts him enough to get him into a fight. They start fighting. There's a little part in the bathroom which reminded me of the the opening fight in Casino Royale where he's choking <laughs> him underwater. Wow, that's a real big compliment for this movie to be compared to Casino Royale. I mean, I wouldn't say that the fight was 
as good, <laughs> but it just reminded me of it because it's in a bathroom and they're you're being you're held underwater. Yeah. They get to a point where Ashwat has the gun, but the ISI agent has the phone. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and he's like, the gun's locked. <laughs> and it's like, so is my phone. Dun dun. And he runs off <laughs> and clearly Ashwat has no real experience with guns because he's trying to figure out how to unlock it. I mean, presumably when really he sure. says it's locked, that means he the means safety, safety zone. zone. Yeah. But Ashwad wouldn't necessarily know that. Yeah. They have a foot chase. I like the foot chase less than I like the fight. Oh, yeah. I like the music during the foot oh, chase. Yeah, no, the music is great. Like, the music overall has been really good. <laughs> I like this scene where there's a teacher in a classroom and they're teaching, today I'm going to teach you about nonviolence. And <laughs> yeah. they're running in and there's a guy with a gun running in. That's right out of Top Secret. Yeah. You know, when he finally gets him at gunpoint, is like, they realized they'd run right into a police station. Mm-hmm. And you think yeah. everything's fine. So he's holding the ISI agent at gunpoint. He's like, arrest him. It's that guy there. And then the sketch that Nicole had made is right on the, <laughs> on the wall. And mm-hmm. he's like, put the gun down first. I said, don't worry, it's locked. And then he fires it in. It was not, the safety was not. Does it actually hit anybody? No, it just fires and ricochets somewhere. Yep, but the, the guy ISI the agent gets away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets away with the phone. And so at the police station, uh, Ashwat calls the secretary and says, we need to launch now. You need to get authorization because they have my phone and everything is on it. Yes. Which the... really, wait, what's on it? So the code phrases mm-hmm. and the times. Yeah, the, the time is enough. The time, that's, you're right, you're right. That is, well, they had the times already. In an upcoming scene, the ISI agent will say, we know when the test is and what the date is. Oh, all right. That would probably be in there. Yeah. I also like in the scene with the secretary where he says, I'll send you a fax when you get the permission. I'm like, oh my God, the 90s where they uh, send faxes. faxes. The ISI agent has given the phone to the CIA agent who now has it. Apparently he hadn't left yet. Yep. And he gives the info to the image analyst mm-hmm. who who's going to forward it up the chain. And Ashwat is trying to get back into the bomb site, but mm-hmm. they won't let him win without the code. And he has not memorized the code of the, of the day. He, like, apparently received it, but didn't memorize it, because he knows part of it. He knows part of it, because he usually has the phone on him, so he, he can just look at the phone and say it. But he really should have just memorized it. And so it's a fun scene where he's like, it's something, it's this, and he gets the first half, and he's like, I'm you give me a hand? Like, <laughs> no, you have to say the whole thing. So he says it, and then some random soldier completes the rest of it. He's like, he's like yeah. there, there's the whole crater. Can I go? Yeah, sure, fine, go in. So this whole part now, this whole, like, last however long it is is all like down to the wire where he's racing against the americans Mm -hmm. image analyst tells the cia boss and the cia boss is taking it to the president at the same time like you said the secretary is trying to get to the prime minister to get authorization but the prime minister is meeting with the american ambassador right and we have a brief scene with the american ambassador where he's very condescending to his counterpart but he gives the this, this secretary an idea because he says, you guys are going to back down. The prime minister will, will get, put out a signed statement. Mm-hmm. And when he says that, he's like, yes, yes, he will. There's so the more than sec- one way to get permission to do a nuclear right? attack. The secretary makes a list of all the different code words they've been using, what the shafts, because the shafts, I guess we've never mentioned that the three mm-hmm. shafts have names. White House, Taj Mahal, and I don't... What was the third one I referenced to? I didn't remember the third one. Sorry. Okay. I think it's a, It's probably either a Pakistani or other site. Yeah. Important site. But and he very cleverly uses all those code phrases as the statement that the Prime Minister is going to sign. Right. 
And then meanwhile, by the way, Daniel gets arrested by oh, Nicole. Yes. By Nicole. Yeah, so he made the mix code letter, and they're all ready to go. The prime minister signs it. Mm-hmm. And so they send the facts of that statement to the bunker. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, what? They said the wrong facts. What is this? But Ashwat sees all the code phrases in there, underlines and was like, this is our authorization. We're good to go. Okay, so I have some thoughts about this right. part. So I'm like, first of all, did the prime minister know what he was authorizing? Because he, like, barely looked at the letter before he signed it. Right. And then also, I'm also kind of like, why didn't he just write a letter that said authorized to do a nuclear test? Because it's not like the American diplomats were like, hey, what you signing over there? They might want to see it just in case (laughs) they did want to see it, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure actually, no, maybe maybe they did. Because, yeah, if you're going to put out a signed statement, I feel like they would want to proof it. Right. So it feels very Hollywood, I think. But that's fine. Anyways, so, as this is happening, the CIA boss is leaving Langley, which this part, I definitely knew that there was not the actual Langley because they cross over the seal. And I was like, no, those colors are too bright for the seal from what I've seen in photos. And no. also it looks the setup is completely different. <laughs> but kudos to them for actually walk over the seal. Fine. Yeah. And, like, trying to have sets and actors to make it seem like he really was. So he goes to the White House. He's trying to see the president. Earlier, you hear him say, I don't care if he's asleep. Wake him up. Mm-hmm. But when he gets to the White House, there's all these people milling about. Even the secretary there saying when he can and can't go in. So you're like, is it the middle of the night or what? Yeah. So what's the timeline? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the president could have been taking a nap. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. If we had done a little more research, we could find out what time it was they went off. And go back and figure out what's the time difference. But we're not well, going to do that. Yes. The team is ready to detonate, but the wind is blowing to the northwest. Mm-hmm. And what's northwest of them? Pakistan. Who I don't or is think it northeast? Was it northeast or northwest? Well, uh, it's got to be northeast, right? You know what? I can find Pakistan on a map. I was going to say that's what I thought. Think, what I mean, I, no, seriously, I think Pakistan is northwest of India. Seriously. Because uh, it's, it's India, Pakistan, Afghanistan. You're right. All right. So I was right the first right. time. We can cut all of that out. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. I don't mind. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. All right. But yeah, so uh, they're like, they're, they wouldn't appreciate getting a cloud of radioactive wind. Yeah. No, that, that you know, if everything else going on wasn't going to set them off, that would. So they're waiting for the wind to stop. Finally, it stops. And as this is all happening, you know, CIS boss gets through to the president. And we have the countdown going. Mm-hmm. 10, down to zero, detonation, and everyone gets knocked back by the pressure, mm-hmm. and then we go into bullet time. Yeah, bullet time. That's what I have written down here, too. <laughs> and so you just see it zooming around all of them. You see uh, out of uh, Ashwat's hands, his binoculars are knocked back. He's mid-fall. You got... Coffee mugs and coffee banana mug and Coffee and <laughs> coffee. Yeah, everything frozen in time as they're... Fl- knocked back mm-hmm. it's a successful detonation yeah meanwhile um they're cool and daniel are in a jeep and then the blast oh yeah that's the right <laughs> which originally i was like that doesn't make any sense but i'm like well if they're leaving the city of Pakran, maybe they would feel it you see the ground sort of ripple mm-hmm. and there's this, i like this transition where you the transitions from a shot of the crater to uh ashwat's eye so iris yeah, I haven't mentioned this, but the effects are good. So the, oh, the yeah. graphics of the satellites flying around mm-hmm. look really yeah. good. And then the, the Earth getting shaken also looked really good. 
And there's, of course, the patriotic music. Oh, yeah. Well, I like the part where all the soldiers throw their hats in the air, and then the music starts. <laughs> but yeah, that so we really get good. some news broadcasts reporting on what happened. We get CIA Director Tenet, who was director at that time, saying, mm -hmm. basically, we've been monitoring their program, but plainly spoken, we didn't get it right this time. Yep. I actually have the quote, we missed it and did not predict we did not get it right. Yeah. This is basically what you said. Mm -hmm. And then we get a call between Ashwat and his wife, and they're reconciling. She realizes what she, he was doing there. Yes, says, she's you know, like, I'm, I'm so sorry, you. I'm proud of you. Your father yeah. would be proud of you. So the uh, father comes back oh, one more is. time. And then the outside, next to the crater, they raise a flag. Everyone salutes it. Mm -hmm. Here's a question. Okay. There doesn't seem to be any a lot of shielding. Well, I guess there was shielding in the shaft, but... Yeah. Well, do you remember when the young guy said, if I don't seal this exactly right, this whole area is going to get blown up? Okay. I was wondering how much radiation there would be just from the rest of that. But I guess there... because it's detonated underground and there's shielding. I think also, because it's a movie, yeah. you can say that who knows when they all saluted the flag. It could have been like a month later. All right, all right, all right. Over the image of the, fl of the flag and then mm -hmm. everyone saluting it, we get a bunch of text. Yes. Which says this is America's biggest intelligence failure. Which is absolutely which, not true. <laughs> right? I mean, two off the top of my head. Yeah. 9-11, Pearl mm -hmm. Harbor. Yep. What about the Iraq weapons of mass destruction? Right? I don't think that's yeah. an intel failure. Oh, yeah, no, I that's think, another one. Yeah. No, this is India talking shit, basically, <laughs> through the movie. It also talking says it's up. one of the most successful secret operations. But at okay. least one, it says one of. It doesn't say <laughs> the most. I would put it up, up against the Normandy landings. Yeah. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion about what is a big secret operation mm -hmm. and what isn't, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, and so that's where we end the movie. We also end with a montage of actual shots of the prime minister, the actual test site, some of the army soldiers who were there, scientists right. who were involved. Yes, one of whom is Dr. Abdul Kalam, who I think is supposed to be Ashwat's like surrogate. I was wondering about that. Okay. He's much less sexy than Ashwat, <laughs> but his hair is unbelievable. <laughs> he has like long Fabio, like gray, silvery hair. Well, that was amazing. later on, though. I wasn't during it, was it? When he had no, what, it was during it. Oh, I see. All right. Yes. Let's that is the movie. Move yeah. Along. Yeah. Right into spy fact versus spy fiction. I'm sure you've got some good stuff for us. Yeah, as usual, I have a lot. So my sources are India's Nuclear Bomb by George Perkovich. Parmanu, This True Story of Pakran by Samhav Ratkinar, writing on the Daily O. And Here's How India Fooled the CIA During the Pakran Nuclear Tests by Abdul Junaid on SSB Crack, and also Wikipedia. Okay. India did do a detonation, 74, but since then they had a nuclear option, which today means something different to Americans who follow politics. But what it meant was that they wanted to be in a position where they could get a bomb quickly while remaining a non-nuclear state. And their motivation to get a weapon was mostly to counter a security threat from China, wanting parity with Pakistan over Kashmir, and also, like, nationalism. Okay. The Perkovich book really went back and forth about like why exactly they decided to test when they did. So I, I don't I don't know what to say. And by the way, the usual disclaimer that I just know what these guys told me. So if they get it wrong, I got it wrong. So don't blame me. Okay. So in May 95, 170 countries, including the US, voted to extend indefinitely the nuclear non-proliferation treaty, which we mentioned at the beginning. So India refused to sign it and rejected it under the reasoning that it's they called it, quote, nuclear apartheid. 
okay? And the logic was, it's like Superman in the Quest for Peace, right? Like, we don't want any more <laughs> nuclear weapons. No more nuclear weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds great, unless you don't have one. So India's like, well, how come everyone who has one now gets to keep them, but we don't? That's not fair. Okay. Okay. okay? So the prime minister at the time named Narasimha Rao, this is a combination of a name we know, who have a friend named Narasimha and Rao, the Kryptonian god. <laughs> Speaking of Superman. That was he, your go-to? Okay. <laughs> yeah. He authorized a preparation for a test, but the U.S. found out just like in the movie. Mm-hmm. So Vajpayee, who's in the movie, came in under the, oh my gosh, the Bharatiya Janata Party, a.k.a. the BJP. Have you heard of them? Because they're in power in India right now. I have not. Okay. A lot of things change by the time this one gets posted. So <laughs> he said, we want a nuclear-free world, but we don't want a world where some people have them. And by March 1998, he was like, there's no compromise in national security. All options, including the nuclear options, will be exercised to protect. So basically, India, Indian government people sort of made it clear that we're working towards one without being official about it. The main characters are pretty much all fictional. Uh, a lot of scientists were involved, but they were old and kind of fat. <laughs> so, well, sort mean, of, the, some know. of them were, so... <laughs> Yeah, there were no attractive women in the thing. And what's the name? Ashwat is fictional too. Okay. And also, Abdul Kalam was the chief of the DRDO. And his counterpart named Chitterabam was the atomic energy chief. So these weren't just like kind of people picked up off the street. They were like the heads of their various agencies. Okay. They did use code names. I was going to ask about that. Did they yeah. use the, the, the five? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. But they did wear army fatigues and were undercover. All right. They did not fake a war, at least as far as I could tell. But during the time of the tests in another part of Pakran, they fired all these missiles, rockets, and experimental bombs to distract attention before doing the nuclear tests. They didn't try to start a war over Kashmir? Not as far as I can tell. That's disappointing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know it's disappointing that there was no war, but maybe it's for the best. Yeah. So, well, then I'm not going to say that the deception was at, on the level of the D-Day landings then. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. So according to Rotkanar, which is one of the articles, the CIA was unaware that the test had taken place until Vajpayee said it on TV. Huh. Some right. U.S. officials blamed the New York Times because they released an article that said the CIA was spying on nuclear test sites, leaked info about the existence of the spy satellites. Okay. So the Indians said they never denied that they were planning nuclear tests. They were just like, oh, we just didn't mention it to the U.S. <laughs> Which, obviously, no, nobody bought that. The State Department said, we are appalled. They lulled us into thinking that we weren't going to do anything. And then later, the, the chairman of the Senate Intel Committee called the episode a colossal failure that betrayed a dreadfully inadequate job by the Intel community. The day after the tests, they learned satellites had found clear-cut evidence of test prep Six hours before detonation, but CIA satellite intel analysts were home sleeping because they had not been put <laughs> on alert. Oh. That's according to the Perkovich book. And that is it for our spy fact versus fiction. All right. So do you have a favorite quote? Yes. So when okay. they when they are first arriving at the test site, there's a sign in English again that says, only the best of friends and worst of enemies visit <laughs> us here. Which I think is actually a real sign at the real place. How about you? I do. Uh, where was it? Uh, here we go. Sometimes we get so blinded by suspicion, we fail to see what's right in front of us. Now that's just good life advice. Hmm? <laughs>
Okay, well, we've done our quotes, so now it is time for our ratings. On a scale of 1 to 10 martinis, 1 being an absolutely terrible spy movie and 10 being the best spy movie ever, how would you rate Parmanu? Oof. I'm going to give it an 8, because I really liked it. I'll admit that in the first 20 minutes or so, where it's mostly just about the nuclear program and not so much about intel and spies, I was like, okay, where is this going? And then once they got into it and like him forming the team and everything else like that, I was totally invested and totally bought in. Where there's action, it's usually pretty good. Music is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, speaking of action, I probably I didn't feel the need to mention this, but obviously everything with the spies running around and stealing phones and pointing I guns. I assumed as much. It's all not true. <laughs> yes, so I would also give an 8 out of 10 martinis. This movie really knocked my socks off. It was different. It was a breath mm-hmm. of fresh air. I learned a ton about the issue while researching it, and it had a lot of Bollywood charm that made up for <laughs> deficiencies in some other areas. Well, thank you for joining us this week on The SpyFi Guys. You can find us on social media at The SpyFi Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And we are The SpyFi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to The SpyFi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.